Hello everyone, uh, this is Dr. Doug and Dr. Josh. We're doing our 20th podcast. Um, some exciting stuff to start off with. Uh, we've had uh, continued visits from uh, medical students, residents in our clinic, uh, of course uh, physicians from around the country visiting, kind of seeing how we do things, uh, how we've put the clinic together, where we started, uh, where we're going, how they can uh, hopefully replicate this or uh, do something like this in uh, their neck of the woods. It's been really nice. Uh, the um, KCUMB, Kansas City University of Medical Biosciences, uh, has a dual uh, medical degree and business degree, MBA. And so now we have a pretty steady stream of their students coming through the office, learning both the medical side and the business side. So that's fun. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, screen shares and walking people through our software. That's been kind of a, a big hit. Uh, of course, you know we're very happy with it. Uh, but helping people walk through, uh, you know, you can do a demo of it, uh, play with it yourself. Uh, sign up at, at atlas.md to uh, kind of play with the software for 30 days and see what you think. But uh, a lot of people look at it run through it, uh, and then they like to sit down and actually kind of talk with us about uh, some of the particulars, you know, actually um, how do you do certain things in it, uh, what what it can do for you, how it streamlines the clinic process. Yeah, just a few minutes before starting the podcast, we had a clinic email us and ask if we could schedule one out, called them right back, and we were doing a demo in just a few minutes um, to make it very convenient and easy for them. But um, we're also very happy to see a lot of new practices starting. So, uh, and some of those are specialty practices like endo, uh, endocrinology. Mm-hmm. And so we have Dr. Lynn out in Boise, Idaho, and there's Dr. Noah who's exploring that. He's also an endocrinologist out in Pennsylvania, uh, as well as some psychiatry from across the country, and uh, even PMNR in California. So we're starting to expand the direct care market into that specialty group. As especially when it is a kind of chronic care uh, type model. So that ports very simply, very easily to uh, our business model, and we're happy to help those doctors. And Dr. Brown, you know, we've, we've spoken about her before doing a, a very uh, well-run dermatology clinic up in Oregon. Uh, she's uh, been doing this uh, type of model for, for some time. Of, of course, psychiatry has been doing a, an insurance-free type model for some time, so of course specialists can Since do Freud, it. Yeah. The, the original couch time. We also have some ob guys uh, coming on board. Uh, some are more focusing on the women's health side than the obstetric side, but we're seeing an increase there. Um, yeah. Also interesting is chiropractors. Uh, one of our videos went viral in a chiropractic community, and a lot of those providers looking at how they can do a monthly membership as well. Uh, for obvious reasons, but yeah, we're we're you know in uh, in medicine, you know the the MDs and and DOs were not the only ones that are under the thumbnail of insurance. Any provider who's uh, trying to do this, even uh, the nurse practitioner and and PA clinics that are in rural areas, uh, of course these work uh, very well there also. Uh, a lot of times, considerably better, uh, just because when you get down to uh, the uh, the crux of it. It's all about patient care. So this works well in uh, a lot of different models, and we're starting to see this expand uh, very quickly into to some other uh, arenas. This is going to be a busy travel uh, couple of weeks for us. Last week I was in Charleston, South Carolina for an AAPS conference, and over the course of the month, Doug and I will be traveling to uh, Georgia for the uh, Atlanta, Georgia. The Georgia Policy Institute is running a healthcare 
conference and um, also a, a free market medicine uh, conference in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Then after that, the uh, American Academy of Failing Physicians is having a conference first week of October, uh, and then we're looking at scheduling a physician summit the first week of December. So a very busy, uh, very busy month or, or next couple months. Uh, of course, it's always exciting. Uh, education uh, tends to be the biggest component of this, uh, just trying to dispel myths, uh, help people answer some of those questions that they have. Uh, and in person, uh, it, it tends to work, uh, work very well for us. We're very excited to do it. So this week, our main topic, we want to uh, get maybe a little philosophical. Uh, often these podcasts are kind of factual in nature. How do you set up a practice? What suppliers do you use? What lawyers do you use? Uh, what are the nuts and bolts of it? But I think we want to expand it this week into something more uh, um, conceptual about how patients or doctors are choosing to make decisions here. Uh, and this is based on a talk I did with Dr. Robert Emons from the AAPS this week in Charleston um, on behavioral economics and this new school of thought that's part neurology, part economics, part psychology that helps determine or, or explore how people make decisions based on their financial situation. Um, so it's really more the we've, – we've done the how – Let's do the why. Uh, we, we think it's a lot better to take care of one patient 100% than to take care of 10% of 10 patients. And, and this is the model that really lets us do that. And we need to kind of explore that a little further. And we're hoping with you know, the, the, the general current model of insurance, it's a hamster wheel. We kind of are under the impression that if we run fast enough, if we move enough patients through our clinic... Uh, at just a few minutes apiece, hopefully something will stick. Maybe we'll take some uh, good care of people. Uh, but again, it's quality or quantity. In medicine, you really can't do both. So you have to start with the why of what you're doing. You know, again, we've done the how. We wanted to help people look at how you get started. But in the beginning, you're interested in doing something different, whether you're in an existing practice or you're just coming into practice. You have a why in mind. Why did I get into medicine? Did you get into medicine to fill out paperwork and to spend two or three minutes with a patient but really not get to know them? Of course not. We got in this to take care of people. So there's a great TED conference that we'd recommend, appropriately titled, Start With Why. And I think as medical professionals, we have the best why. Our patients. Everything we do should uh, and typically is designed to benefit them. So the more you watch that video, the more you'll understand a lot of what we're going to talk about. But the behavioral economics, why do we make the decisions we make? We're very risk adverse. And as physicians, we're probably more risk adverse than the average person. So a good example of this is um, we'll flip a coin. Heads, you pay me $5,000. Tails, I pay you $10,000. Although mathematically those are great odds, most people overweight the risk of losing 5,000 of their dollars compared to the opportunity to win 10,000 of someone else's. So they choose not to take that, that bet. And you can extrapolate from that how doctors and patients make decisions about direct primary care. And if you phrase the scenario one way, it's going to encourage a certain decision. 
if you phrase it another way, it's going to encourage a different decision. So let's go through a few examples that we talked about in our conference with Dr. Um, uh, Bob Evans or Evans. If I went to a patient and said, for $20, you can have your copay and see your doctor, or for $50 a month, you can see me, the more typical answer would be, well, I'll, I'll take the less expensive route. And, and, and that's what doctors worry about when they're launching a direct care practice. I'm going to have to explain why my $50 is better than their $20. But if you really explain it well and reframe the problem, it's, would you like to pay $20 for a copay to a clinic that you may or may not see the doctor? It may take six to eight weeks to see the doctor. All after-hours calls go to a triage nurse. You have no email access, and your visit's going to last seven minutes or less. And you can only have the, uh, the one problem that you came in for. Right. Or would you pay $50 a month to a doctor who's going to save you $30 a month in medication, $10 a month in labs, and now you have unlimited access to them. You have their cell phone, their email. Visits are scheduled the same day or next day and are for as much time as you need. So would you pay $10 extra a month for that? Most patients are gonna say yes. So reframing the question and presenting value to the patient really helps encourage their behavior to be more logical and rational and, and coincide with what you're looking uh, to benefit from. And we see more often than not, the people that sign up with us invariably will say, you know, $50 a month, okay, I see the value, but you know, I just really don't ever see the doctor. But there's a fairly large portion of those patients that end up actually calling, texting, emailing, or visiting us here in the clinic because they actually needed it. They just didn't realize how much they would utilize care because they didn't have the access. But now that they do, they use it more. Question is, did they not see a doctor before and got poor care and poor health, now that you have the option of seeing a doctor as much as you actually need, your health is going to be better. You're going to be able to answer those questions uh, even after hours. Doctor tells you, you know what, I suggest you get a, a decongestant for uh, your sinus symptoms, but now it's 7 o'clock at night, I'm finally at the store, pharmacist isn't there. What did, what did you mean by decongestant? Because there's an entire aisle dedicated to decongestants. Should I, can I use Afrin three times a day every day for the next week? No, please don't do that. I can actually help you because that's what access gets you. And so if you reframe it the other direction, doctors being so risk adverse, you're making $150,000, $200,000. And you're an employed physician, but you hate your life. Are you going, then the opportunity presents itself to be a direct care provider, start a new insurance-free clinic, make less year one, let's say 140000 but really be happy. How do you weigh that value and that risk? When phrased like that, most physicians feel uh, unfortunately obligated to take the high revenue model, even though it makes them personally less satisfied. Reframe the scenario and say, 200000 with administration breathing down your neck, nurse practitioners or mid-levels taking the low-lying fruit and, and it, making you deal with more complicated patients more often, 
bureaucratic hassles and red tape that bog you down, after-hours charting that prevents you from seeing your family, or a direct care model that year one may have a slight decrease in revenue, but year two and year three are going to end up being a equal or greater revenue, and each patient gets the amount of time they need, you're professionally satisfied because you're helping patients get high-quality, affordable care, you're providing medicines and labs that are 95% cheaper than they would be otherwise, and you're decreasing employee insurance so much the employees get a raise. I think most people will jump at that opportunity because there may be a slight risk, but it's going to result in better outcomes short-term and long-term. So it really is an educational process for the doctors and the patients to see how framing the question, framing the risk, framing the benefit can really um, drive a, a different set of decision making. So it's good for us to understand ourselves and how we decide to move into direct primary care or direct specialty care um, and how our patients decide to make that decision as well. And something else, when we look at being a, a, a medical practitioner, it is an incredibly complex and continuously changing profession. So you can see 20, 30 patients a day see a few patients that have some complex conditions that you might just wing it, hope for the best, or refer on at greater cost to the patient, and you might lose out on that care in the end. Or you can take the extra time that you do have with the patient, sit down, read some articles, look at up-to-date or, or any other uh, information source that you have at hand, increase your knowledge about certain conditions, treat the patient better, broaden your, your base. Uh, for those of us that we're so busy we can do the bare minimum CME, you know, doing 40, 50 hours per year of CME, we've all read the journals, but how many times have you had that journal that just happened to hit that question that you were looking for? You might have a journal come out three or four months later, it addresses Sjogren's Syndrome man, I had a patient with Sjogren's or I thought they had Sjogren's three months ago. I really wish I could have read this beforehand. Well, what if you actually had the time to do that at the time of service? You can sit down, read it, take care of a patient, be better uh, as a physician or as a provider so that the next time somebody with Sjogren's comes in, you're prepared. You don't have to automatically refer off to rheumatology and lose out on benefiting yourself and broadening your horizons as a provider. I it, guarantee your patients will love it and you'll feel a lot better in the fact that you're gaining knowledge with... It's quite free uh, to be able to say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to research, I'm going to take the time, and I'm going to help. So now I don't have to know the answer in front of you or know who to refer to. It allows me to take the time to give you what you need in a cost-effective way. And your patients um, very much do appreciate the fact that, again, this is a complex uh, profession. Yeah. They don't necessarily expect you to always have the answers. but They the, appreciate the honesty. Yeah. And the more you refer out, the more they wonder how much you're able to take care of their overall health. But if you know more about their situation, and more importantly, if you dedicate the time to looking into their problem and actually coming up with the solution, even if it ends up being a referral, that extra step means a considerable amount to patients, and we see it every day. There's a, a book on a physician, Dr. Peabody, 
And a great quote from him is, um, the book is The Caring Physician, but he has a line that says, uh, the first step to caring for the patient is caring about the patient. And in a busy insurance model, I think that gets lost quickly. So, you know, to summarize, um, this is an opportunity for us to focus on what we do well, which is patient care. So we all know the why. Uh, Some of us have to dig a little deeper to understand what it is. But uh, again, starting with why are you doing this? We're all frustrated with the insurance model. Why are you wanting to get out? And patients invariably come out with the winning solution. They are the ones that we do this for. We got into medicine to help people. It might sound cliche, but that's why we do this. And the more you can help your patients, the more they'll appreciate it, the better you'll feel professionally. Uh, So start with why. Ask yourself, why do you practice medicine? What would you change? How would you change it? But why would you change it? What kind of care would you want your family to get? Well, that wraps up uh, podcast number 20. Thank you for listening. As always, you can contact us at hello at atlas.md. We always encourage people to, uh, again, get a hold of us, call, email, get on our website. Uh, We would love to have suggestions, as always, on topics that... Uh, we've either briefly covered or uh, haven't covered yet. Uh, Please give us some suggestions. All of our consulting is free. We're clearly very passionate about helping the direct care market grow. Rising tides raise all ships, and so we're all in this together. Um, You can call, text, email us uh, almost 24-7. We want to help you be successful in this space, and we're willing to offer it free of charge. Um, We're on Twitter at atlas.md and Facebook at facebook.com slash atlasmd. And we thank those of you out there brave enough to uh, start... um, heading in this direction. Yeah, uh, you know, congratulations. We're, we're very happy in our decision. Those that we've helped change are more than happy with theirs. Uh, and, you know, much like a child seeing a, a, a something new for the first time, seeing physicians light up and enjoy practicing medicine again uh, gives us great delight. Uh, don't forget about registering at IWantDirectCare.com. Uh, physicians can also do a unique registration so that they can track the people around their area and um, have some targeted information. So uh, feel free to register there and please continue to listen to our podcast. Thanks and we'll have another one soon. Thanks.